from the TWU Local 591 Studio in Colleyville, Texas. It's the ASAP Tech Ops Association podcast with your host, Brad Brueger. Take it away, Brad. I'd like to welcome everybody back to part two of our podcast with Dr. Terry Kelly from St. Louis University. And today we're really going to dig into a safety culture and what that really means and what it looks like. Terry, could you tell us a little bit about your background and some of the work that you do, kind of your bio? Thank you, Brad. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. I'm Terry Kelly. I'm a professor in the Department of Aviation Science here at St. Louis University in, in Parks College, our engineering and aviation school. I've been on the faculty here at St. Louis University for over 30 years, and I've spent the entirety of my career in aviation, both in teaching and in research. I, I started uh, life as an A&P mechanic early, early in my career, a long time ago, and uh, decided that mechanics work very hard and I better go back to school. So I went and I got a bachelor's degree in aircraft maintenance management, followed by a master's degree in safety systems. I uh, came onto the faculty here at SLU and taught in our 147 program for many years and then transitioned over to the undergraduate and graduate teaching responsibilities. I uh, completed a uh, PhD. I actually have a dual specialization PhD uh, with specialization in human factors and a second specialization in socio-technical systems. I completed a graduate minor in research methodologies and statistics to round out my education. Uh, the coursework that I teach is uh, both at the undergraduate and graduate level. I'm the safety person, so I teach all of the safety-related coursework in our aviation program. I teach a course called Safety Management Systems. I teach the accident investigation. Uh, I teach human factors, my, my specialty. I'm also one of the advisors in the PhD program, so I uh, chair dissertation committees and help students to complete their dissertations leading to the uh, master's and the PhD degree, dissertation and PhD degree. So Terry, I guess where I'd like to start is let's just talk about what is a safety culture? At its essence, I would suggest that a, a safety culture is a composite. It's a grouping of a number of different attributes and characteristics. Safety culture speaks to the norms of a group, the beliefs, the attitude, and most certainly the value system assumed by a group. And when I say assumed by a group, what I'm really saying is that it's a shared assumption. One person doesn't make for culture, but groups make for culture. There's a researcher from Johns Hopkins University, Dr. Peter Pronovost, who defines safety culture very eloquently by simply stating it's the way we do things around here. I think when we talk about culture, differentiating culture from climate, safety culture versus safety climate, culture is far more enduring. It talks about or it speaks to how safety is practiced within a group. You know, again, this notion of how we practice safety in this group. So it's important to know in, in a large organization, 
what you'll find is that there are cultural characteristics that go company wide. You know, we, we share this sense of value. But we should also understand that each location is going to have its own nuances associated with that culture. So it's not universal across American Airlines. Rather, it's unique to a particular maintenance operation, line station, depot base. And again, they share common characteristics, but there's certainly an element of uniqueness. Okay, so now that we kind of understand what a safety culture is, how do we go about improving our safety culture? Well, improving safety culture really needs to start with understanding your safety culture. I defined safety culture previously with terms like value system, norms, beliefs, attitudes. Well, in order to improve, you have to understand your current state. So the starting point for addressing safety culture is really benchmarking where your safety culture is. And that is a process that, you know, we've we've seen over and over in different organizations. I would make the argument that it's more than, you know, a simple survey, but rather requires kind of an in-depth analysis at multiple locations to, you know, kind of understand the current state of the culture. Uh, Once you understand the state of the culture, then you can target aspects of the culture. As I said, you know, safety culture is a composite. And so if you evaluate your value system, you know, you look at mission statements, you look at vision statements, and, you know, where you want to be and where you are today, you begin to develop the ability to make improvements. So you're never going to change culture overnight. That's what I meant earlier when I said that culture is enduring. Rather, you have to go with continuous improvement, right? Incremental changes that address the deficiencies that you observe within your culture. Fantastic. So we talked about a safety culture. We talked about how we can improve a safety culture, but let's dig in a little bit more. What is the frontline employee's responsibility in a good safety culture? Well, I think it's incumbent on the frontline worker to participate in the safety culture in good faith. In other words, we have standards of professional behavior that we follow. We need to be accountable. There's there's quite arguably no greater way for improving safety culture than holding everyone accountable. And that starts with individuals, both labor and management, holding themselves accountable. But then it extends to holding others accountable. And when I speak to this notion of accountability, make no mistake that I'm not suggesting for a moment that accountability equates to punishment. It does not. Rather, when we see that there is a negative attribute that is affecting the culture, you know, whether it's a behavior or a policy, we have to address it. We have to speak to it. We have to bring it to the attention of the decision maker. And so, you know, accountability is really a fundamental way to improve safety culture. We talked previously about ASAP programs and the notion of reporting. Another tool that can be used to improve safety culture 
it's based on communication, right? Communication up, communication down, and communication laterally. A good safety culture is really all about the shared responsibility everyone in the organization has for achieving safety. And as a consequence, we, we really have to avoid any efforts that would seek to politicize safety in any way. We need to hold safety separate from the, the complex relationships we have in large organizations so that it's unique and that it's something that we don't negotiate on. It's something we all practice each so we talked about the frontline employee's role. What is management's role in a safety culture? Management's role in safety culture is, to a large degree, much like labor. And that speaks to the importance of being self-accountable and holding each other accountable. Some of the differences management might have that labor doesn't is, of course, the power to allocate resources. My experience is that, you know, in organizations that have better safety cultures, the decision makers actually allocate those resources. They practice safety in good faith, as I've said earlier. Again, it's critical because they set the goals. They set the expectations for the organization. I would advocate it's important for management to engage labor in setting those goals and developing those expectations because, of course, labor is where the real expertise with respect to practicing safety on the line exists. And so I think it's important for management to engender good communication. I think it's important for management to build trust with respect to safety, avoid blame, and work to develop a just practice of safety across the organization. Finally, to wrap this up, based on your experience in the aviation maintenance industry, what are some examples of a bad safety culture and what are some examples of a good safety culture? I've examined some pretty weak safety cultures, and I think there's a couple of characteristics that that seem to be consistent across organizations that we might deem as having a poor safety culture. The first is a lot of secrecy. There's really poor communication. There's policies and procedures that are vague or ambiguous. And consequently, individuals often work in isolation. There's no learning going on to actually work to improve safety within the organization. I think you'll see in these types of organizations that labor is fearful that they're going to be unfairly disciplined. I think you'll see a lot of bullying take place in organizations that have poor safety cultures. Acrimony between peer groups, acrimony between hierarchical structures within the organization, lack of cooperation with respect to safety, Uh, doing things out of tradition rather than doing things based on reason. And so these secretive sort of punishment-based cultures, I think, are really dangerous because we no longer learn. It's not a learning organization, and without learning, there's really no way to transform the organization into a safer operation. Now, in contrast to that, you know, a good safety culture, I would argue, has one universal characteristic, and that is the notion of accountability, which I talked about earlier. 
everyone holds themselves accountable. Everyone holds each other accountable. You know, we do the right thing and we, you know, work to ensure that everyone else does the right thing. As I mentioned earlier, the caveat here is we do that in the spirit of improvement rather than the spirit of punishment. And so in a good safety culture, you know, we see this commitment to learn. We actually want to know about, you know, the hazards in our organization. If there are tensions between labor and management, you know, we, we acknowledge that and we work together to make sure that safety is really outside of where those tensions are because universally, nobody wants to see anyone get hurt. You know, it requires a commitment on everyone's part to provide a safe working environment and to engender airworthiness safety in the operation. So I think, you know, in a, in a good safety culture, you know, the participants generally have a willingness to reconsider what it is that they're doing and be amenable to adapt to changing environments. The last thing I'll say is the notion of leadership. Good safety culture has good leadership. Now, that leadership should take the form of management, but it's just as important that labor take the leadership in terms of safety as well. You know, informal leaders can really be fabulous drivers of safety within the organization. When I evaluate safety course cultures in organizations, I look for that. Who are the go-to people? Who are the people that are really driving change for the sake of safety? All right. So this has been fantastic, Terry, and I really appreciate you coming on, spending some time and going over in the first part, the ASAP environment. And then in the second part, really diving in on the safety culture. And And I'd like to thank you for spending some time with us. This has been great to have you on and learn so much from you. Fred, thank you for having me on today. I've enjoyed our conversation surrounding aviation safety. I appreciate the efforts of the TWU and the IAM to advance safety, and I appreciate American Airlines for investing in safety of the flying public as well as their workforce. Thank you. Hey, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in to the uh, podcast. Hopefully this was some good information for you, and I urge you to keep checking back because we're going to be coming out with more podcasts from the Association Tech Ops ASAP podcast. Thanks again. For questions or for more information about this or any of our podcasts, email techopsasap at gmail.com. That's T-E-C-H-O-P-S-A-S-A-P at gmail.com. Music provided under license by Pond5. The Tech Ops ASAP podcast is produced and engineered by Tommy Ingalls.